Hey, everybody, this is Philip, and this is Truett from Briscoe, and you are listening to the Midwest Mixtape Podcast. Welcome to the Midwest Mixtape Podcast, live from the Barn Studio in Southeast Missouri. You got the mocks here, and I'm joined with a couple special guests right now online. We have the boys from Briscoe. Fellas, how are we? Hey, Chad. How's it going? We uh, want to shout out your publicist, All Eyes Media, for sending us an advanced copy of your new record, West of It All. And we're really digging it. Tell us, uh, tell us about West of It All. Tell us about the album. Man, we are so excited about it. Our new record, uh, our debut record through ATO Records is a bunch of songs that we wrote over the course of our college career. We just graduated. They're songs that are inspired a lot of times by escaping the busyness of life that is college um, and finding rest uh, west of, we went to school in Austin. We're based out of Austin. Finding rest west of Austin and, uh, you know, west into the Texas Hill Country and back in the Big Bend area um, and just relationships with people we love and uh, folks we look up to. And I know from your bio, you guys actually met in Kerrville, Texas. Is that where you guys went to, you know, elementary, middle school, high school kind of thing? No, we actually, this is true right here. Uh, we, I am from San Antonio, Texas, and Phil appears from San Angelo, Texas. Um, so we grew up in different cities, but we met at a summer camp that is located on the Frio River, uh, about 40 minutes right outside of Kerrville, Texas, uh, right in the middle of the Texas Hill Country. So we met as campers and hit it off over, you know, music and the fact that we looked extremely similar to one another. <laughs> right. And so we uh, just kind of stayed friends over the next couple years through middle school and high school and the, the one nice thing about Philip living in San Angelo is anytime they needed to, you know, stop by a, like a, a bigger car dealership or, or had anything medical that had to be a little bit bigger than a smaller city like San Angelo, they'd end up coming to San Antonio. And so a lot of times his parents would come to town to run errands and drop Philip off at my house and we'd, you know, just play songs and, and, and uh, write even a little bit and, just yeah, got to be friends, maintain a friendship despite living in different cities. 
Wow, that's an amazing story because often friendships are hard to do even when you live in the same town. So that's awesome that you guys were able to maintain that friendship throughout all those years. Were you guys playing instruments at that time when you guys first met? Yes, yeah, so we were both kind of in our first year or two of uh, learning the guitar and subsequently kind of singing in front of people and singing uh, really at all. So we were, you know, both trading songs. We were uh, figuring out how we like to sing harmonies. Um, kind of, Definitely it was a very formative time in uh, our musicianship, and we got to share that with each other, which was awesome. So when you think back to that time when you guys first met, and now we fast forward and you're at the Gorge in Washington, and you're opening up for the Dave Matthews Band, what kind of feeling comes with that, and uh, what's that make you think about, and, and how does that make you feel? I mean, it's just it's just crazy. It's so it was just such a surreal experience, and it's it's so funny to think about you know the two of us playing a John Prine cover at the Camp Talent Show to you know supporting Dave Matthews Band at one of the coolest venues in the entire world. It's just so surreal, and we're just so grateful um, that we got to be a part of such a cool cool thing and um yeah i mean it's it's hard to hard to find the words honestly you mentioned ato records you guys actually signed while you guys were still in college at the time is that correct yes we signed so uh we signed with about a year left of school right before our last year at ut we signed with ato and it was it was crazy it was like you know there's Throughout up to that point, we'd hoped that we would be able to do music full time, and we were feeling really good about it at that point. But once you sign a record deal, you know you're not just hoping; you're bound to it. So at that point, making good grades was definitely on the back burner. But we finished senior year honestly just because we were able to be in Austin and play shows on a Friday evening and have class till 4 p.m. You know, so it works out pretty well when you go to school in Austin. Um, but it, it was weird being in school and signing a record deal. Is it hard to focus at that point? I've definitely been through some senior college days. Is it hard to really remain focused on that last year of school? Yeah, it was absolutely hard. Um, and that's really when we started to travel a bit more. Um, you know, we weren't to full time touring. Just yet, obviously, because we're still in classes and all that good stuff. But on the weekends, and and even you know, just a little bit of school um, to to go play some shows all over the country. And you know, every time you get back from a like uh, in March, we got to do five shows opening for Noah Khan, um, which was just incredible. And then you follow up that week, and you you know, right back into your first class on Monday, and you're just kind of like, well all right, you know, it's just a big, it's a, it's a lot less, a lot less fun sitting in a classroom on Monday morning when you just got to open for Noah Khan in front of a couple thousand people, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I can imagine. There's a million college towns with a million college bands, right? Guys with good acoustic guitars thinking, oh, yeah. thinking that they could sing. What was it about what you guys were doing at the time that caught the attention of ATO records? You know, I think one of, the the coolest compliments we've ever received is that we our music 
sounds a little like a lot of different bands, but it sounds a lot like Briscoe. So I think we do have an individual sound. I think we draw influences from kind of folk, the modern folk world, like the 70s folk rock scene, even like Southern rock. You get into some like brass, like horn, big band stuff. Um, and we draw influences from a lot of different places, but I think we put that together in a unique way that caught the attention of, you know, our management here in Austin and uh, label and I guess just the industry side of things that we had no experience with at the time at all. And Austin has, seems like it's changed over the years. It's sort of become the new hotbed for, for music and, you know, comedy and a lot of different arts uh, that are out there. What's it like being in Austin? Does it feel like that? Is it an exciting place to be right now? Yeah, it's incredibly exciting. Um, I mean, the city is just wonderful. Like you said, it's it's just booming in all things art and, and business and music and, and film even. Um, and there's just so many legends in all of those different categories that live in Austin, that call Austin home, um, and that want to see Austin, you know, continue to grow. You got like guys like McConaughey, obviously, but then in the music world, you've got you know, legends like like Stevie Ray Vaughan, Willie Nelson has been all around Austin, and you've got guys today like Shaky Graves, Gary Clark Jr. Uh, that call Austin home, and and uh, and so it's just such a cool place to be. Um, and you know, even though we're not originally from Austin, having gone to school here and grown up around the city of Austin, and I think we feel a level of sort of pride about being here and, and want to represent the city of Austin and, and the state of Texas as well. Kind of speaking on that, you know, you obviously wrote the album in Texas, but you recorded it in North Carolina. You know, how did these contrasting landscapes influence the music and the storytelling of your new album? Great question. Yeah. So we, like you're saying, most of the songs were inspired through this kind of Texas hill country, West Texas area that we spend uh, all of our time in. Um, And we took these songs to Brad Cook, our producer out of Durham, North Carolina. And, you know, it was less of, less of the country there that brought it to life, but really Brad as an individual was, was able to, uh, you know, kind of bring these songs to life. There's a crazy, music scene in Durham, North Carolina. Um, the drummer for Boney Bear, Matt McCon, uh, tracked all of the drums and percussion for our record. And then Brad Cook's brother, Phil Cook, is just an exceptional exceptional musician and played all kinds of um, slide guitar, dobro, banjo, keys, anything you could want on the record. So it really helped bring it to life and put a lot of arrangements behind, behind ideas that we'd had. So it was really cool to work with Brad and work up in North Carolina with him. And Brad's no joke, right? As a producer, he's worked with, you mentioned Bonavere and Nathan Ratliff. You know, how to working with Brad, it, did he help shape the sound, not just bringing in those heavy hitters like he did, but did he help shape the sound of, of your songs when you brought them out there? Yeah, Brad, I mean, Brad's just incredible. He's worked with such amazing artist and Brad himself is just, I mean, he's brilliant and, and he really just helped bring them to life. He really helped us to sort of develop um, our sound. I think like Philip was talking about earlier, the one of our favorite compliments we've gotten was, was that we sound 
a little like a lot of bands, but a lot like Briscoe. And, and I think a lot of that on this new record can be attributed to, to Brad Cook for just kind of helping us bring these raw song ideas to life in ways that we maybe never could have imagined. Um, and so, so it was just, yeah, it was just a, a wonderful experience. He just brought a whole new perspective. Um, he's so seasoned as a producer um, that it just, I mean, it was just a wonderful experience. And I think he really did bring the best out of us. Do you care if we hear a little bit of the record? Please. Yeah. So we're going to hear The Well. You've uh, released two singles already, The Well and Sparrows. We're going to hear both. But right now, let's hear The Well. That was The Well, and can you guys share your stories behind the inspiration behind, you know, The Well, and why did you choose The Well as one of the initial tracks to represent the album in a, in a complete whole? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Philip speaking here. I'll talk a little bit about the inspiration of the song uh, first. Um, so we've already covered that we went to school at UT here in Austin, and what I studied at UT was hydrogeology and that had a ton to do with well water and clean water and the fact that there's a lot of wells going dry all across the u.s especially in the southwestern u.s and i did this big project and um as a songwriter and a lover of the outdoors i always you know try to look for ways to relate um what i observe back to themes of um daily life and love and everything else cliche but uh the well kind of came out of that project and i just sat down with the guitar and uh that song was just born i I wrote it all in like 20 minutes and um just loved it loved how it lends itself to harmonies and we chose that as the first single um because i think it really does capture what uh we want the theme of the record to be. Um, and we talked about briefly, but this theme of experiences in nature and um, experiences with folks that we love. And I think the well does a great job of tying those two things together. Just a side question. Why are the wells drying up? Oh, so most aquifers uh, are confined aquifers meaning that they get very little recharge 
So whenever you overpump an aquifer, the water table goes down, 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 and eventually it gets to the point where if you drilled a 40-foot well and you pumped all the water out, the water table goes down to 45 feet, and then you have to you know, drill a new well because that one no longer can reach the water underneath you. So it's just a exhaustible resource that we're unfortunately um, exhausting. And does that have to do with climate change? It does. It can be tied back in. I think it's a it's a cyclical thing. Um, so the less water underground, you know, th- that water is also like seeping into. <laughs> Sorry, I could talk about this forever. That's but okay. It, That's okay. It ends up being surface water that gets evaporated and that rains and cools the earth. So the less groundwater, the less surface water, the less water in the atmosphere. So it's all related. Yes. Yeah, and I knew I threw you for a curveball there, but yeah, that's that's interesting stuff, and that's interesting that that would find its way into your music, and and I'm sure inspiration can come from anywhere, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. With you guys having two songwriters in your group, how does that dynamic work out? Typically, does do you collaborate collaborate on songs? Do you bring one to the other and kind of work on them that way? How does that process usually go for you guys? We typically just kind of argue over who gets to write. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, it's it, it's all been very natural so far. Um, we do most of our writing individually, um, and kind of use each other in a in a like just kind of bounce ideas off of one another. Um, and you know, I might write three fourths of a song and go to Philip and say, "Hey, I've got I've got this song idea. Help me out here." And you know, and then he throws in the last verse or whatever or you know sometimes it's as little as just like hey i just need one more line here help me out um but there's been a handful of times where we have sat down together um and with the intention of writing a song and, and have done so successfully our most stream song is called poop earrings um and that's how that song came to be we had been listening to the song ophelia by the band a lot um, and just were kind of like, man, we could totally write a song like this. Like this, this song had everything you could ever want in a song. It's so much fun. We should write a song like this. And so we sat down to write a song like that, and it ended up being not really anything like Ophelia at all. But um, you know, being hearing. So when we when we do write together, it, it's gone well um, so far. But most of our writing is individual. I think that we do a good job of like understanding where the other person is trying to go and helping them get there with it. I don't think we, we, or at least I try and I think Truett would agree with this. I think that we don't want to like tear one another down in a sense. We just want to like supplement what they're doing already. So no like Fleetwood Mac moments where you're throwing stuff at each other. Nothing crazy like that yet. Right. Not yet. That's right. Uh, Let's hear the song Sparrows. Feet tall, 
Sparrows. Tell us a little bit about Sparrows. Yeah, so Truett here. Um, so the summer before my senior year um, of college, I, I had the opportunity to go take a course um, in the city of Paris um, for about a month. And while I was there, I was there with a buddy of mine who um, just loves literature and philosophy and all that good stuff. And so we we read a few books while we were over there and talked about them and all that good stuff. And I read East of Eden by John Steinbeck while in Paris. And it's just such a wonderful book um, that you could write a hundred songs about. Um, And I was just so kind of like the way he writes just kind of moves you to the point of after reading that book, I was so moved by the way in which she paints um, one of the main characters, Kathy, that I just kind of had to write a song about the dynamic of her relationship uh, with Adam, the other one of the other main characters. Um, and so, yeah, wrote a song about it. Um, and it's it's a kind of a sad, a little bit more emotional of a song. And I think historically our songs are a little bit more upbeat and, um, even if they are about like kind of have a negative connotation. And this is one of the few on the album that's a little slower and more emotional. Steinbeck's a great writer, right? Yeah, he's incredible. One of my favorite books. It's pretty different from most of his other work, but uh, Travels with Charlie. Have you read that one? I have not. It's a good one. It's a good one. Check that out sometime if you get a chance. Yeah, I will. I'll have to check it out. This is the Midwest Mixtape Podcast, and we are joined online with Briscoe. Got the new album coming out, September 15th, West of It All. You're going to go get it. ATO Records, and got that North American tour. You guys are all over the place. You guys are busy boys right now, huh? We are. We really are. We've been fortunate to get to uh, travel quite a bit over the summer, and then uh, record comes out Friday. We'll play our hometown album release show Friday, and then we're really hitting the road all along the Northeast and through the Midwest. So we're we're hitting it pretty hard this fall. Is it a full band that you're touring with? It is. It's a full band. So we've been playing with uh, these live shows. We play with three other guys: a, a drummer. Uh, bassist and again keys um they're all just crazy talented musicians and they're so much fun to to play with and to be around um so we're excited to hit the road with all of them and we get to hear some saxophone live right oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah this is the midwest mixtape podcast joined here with the band briscoe the new album west of it all out september 15th and catch them on the north american tour when they come to a town near you fellas really appreciate your time today and enjoyed the chat all right yeah it's been great chad thank you so much for having us on 
Touch your mouth, will you? 